Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. The show goes on. This is the official show on the Fish on First podcast channel with me, Eli Sussman, managing editor of Fish Stripes, where we cover your Miami Marlins every day in our own way. Another winning week for the fish as I record this on Sunday night. Despite losing a series against the Giants, the Marlins still one game over 500 in possession of a National League wild card spot. Um, you may be watching me and seeing my face. This is, um, we just started this a few weeks ago, cross posting these episodes to our Fish Stripes YouTube channel. So if you are watching, please leave a like on this video and share it around and let us know how we're doing with this video presentation aspect of it. For everybody listening, subscribe to Fish on First wherever you get your pods. You'll find the official show Fish Stripes Unfiltered, Fishology, State of the Fish. What a relief and any other special edition audio offerings that we do, those are available on the podcast channel. You can see the logo up there. Similar color scheme as Fish Stripes, so it's easy to find. And for all of our coverage of the Marlins all year round, in all its forms, fishstripes.com is where you want to go. Go to fishstripes.com. The Marlins have a, although this season has been Above expectations as an overall team, there are still deficiencies to address. No more obvious glaring one than the catching position for the Marlins. Um, just a couple of years ago, Marlins were in a position where they just blew it all up, started over, put some chips 
in a deal to acquire Jacob Stallings from the Pittsburgh Pirates. Plan heading into 2022, he would be the guy behind the plate in a variety of younger options vying for the backup spot. 2023, him and Nick Fortes basically splitting up the duties, hoping Stallings could bounce back to his gold glove above average form that he had in 2021. And now we're here, 47 games into the season. Almost half of those games have been caught by Stallings. And it's obvious that moving forward, he should be catching less than half the time. It is time. It may be past time to demote Jacob Stallings. I'm going to spend this episode explaining what that means, why I've reached this conclusion, and where the Marlins go from here with the catching position for the rest of 2023 and beyond here on the official show. Stick with me for a very interesting conversation about the Marlins behind the plate. Stallings was, by a lot of measures, just a really solid catching option when they acquired him from the Pirates in a four-player deal to be the main guy behind the plate for a team that struggled a lot, just as much offensively as defensively with the catching position. Um, there was no safer way to go than with Jacob Stallings coming off the year that he had with Pittsburgh in 2021. And just with the exception of a brief hot stretch coming out of the 2022 all-star break, he has not been even resembled who they thought they were acquiring in that type of deal with him. So you need to start with the offense because that is kind of what is the most striking issue with stalling since coming over to the Marlins 2022 and 2023 he is a 59 weighted runs created plus league average is 100. He is 41% worse than a league average hitter. And it's been just indescribably bad here in 2023. He's been the worst hitter at any position that's receiving any sub substantial amount of playing time for a major league team this year. Uh, as of Sunday, he is slashing 118. 178, 162. That's the average. That's the on base. That's the slugging. They're all well below 200. A WRC plus in the negatives for this year. If you did not think that was possible, yeah, it goes all the way down to negative 100. The worst, he is at negative four. He's been full win below replacement level almost already this season. We're still relatively small fraction of the way through the season. So here's the overall wins above replacement numbers dating back to the start of last season, 2022. Here's every team, the least valuable player, position player, that is hitters in baseball. Least valuable hitter is old friend Miguel Cabrera getting a whole lot of playing time for a rebuilding Tigers team. Um, he has he's earned this. He has earned this decline phase of his career by being a first ballot Hall of Fame type hitter. And you could question the way that the Tigers are using him. Regardless, he's the worst. Right behind him, Franmil Reyes, who right before the stretch, who is a pretty interesting power hitter. And then that game power kind of cratered on him and the other flaws in his game were exposed. Then there's Robinson Chirinos. I'm pretty sure he just retired. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. I think Chirinos just retired. He is the third worst wins above replacement among hitters since the start of 2022. And then fourth worst 
out of many, many hundreds of hitters that have appeared in major league games during this span is Jacob Stallings. Only ahead of those other guys. Negative 1.5 wins above replacement since being acquired by the Marlins. Substantially worse than if they were just to call up the typical ho-hum um, minor league catcher to plug in and play that. It's a combination of the struggles and also of the large exposure that he has had to major league baseball games. Specifically here in 2023, he's striking out more than ever. He's walking less than ever, and he's not getting hits. Not getting hits. There was a stretch early in the year, I remember this, where a few weeks into the year, he was barreling up the ball quite a bit. And so the underlying numbers will tell you that he's been quite a bit unlucky, that he has been hitting the ball hard, that he should get, there should be a lot more of those balls finding space in the defense than there currently are. And that is absolutely true. So his first career, his career weighted on base average has matched his expected weighted on base average. What I'm saying there is generally his quality of contact has been a pretty close correlation with his actual results. There are some players that they don't follow the typical pattern there, that the law of the things don't average out, that there's something unique that they're doing that creates some disparity. Stallings is not one of these guys. He is like the big majority of the population where usually if you can aggregate together all of the batted balls that he has and you put it, you roll it all together with the fact that he generally uses all fields with the fact that he also has some limitations dragging him down as in terms of beating out plays and hitting ball over the fence that overall he usually things average out with Stallings. And that's not the case so far this year. There's an 85 point gap between his weighted on base average and the expected weighted on base average, especially with the slugging. As I mentioned, he, for somebody that was barreling balls quite a bit, at least in April, and still doesn't even have a home run. Um, that he's been a little bit unlucky there. The expected slugging for him, the actual slugging is in the 100s for 2023. The expected slugging is 315, which would actually be even better than he had last year. All right. The problem is that there's been no sign of this really turning around on him where a lot of those really nice line drives and deep fly balls he was hitting came in April. We've barely seen any of that in May. He's not trending in the right direction there, but I don't want to spend much more time on the hitting. I can also mention quickly the base running. You take it as an assumption with a catcher that they're just not going to be able to add much value with their legs. And the problem with stalling is that he's all the way on an extreme end of that spectrum. He is on the short list of slowest runners in all of baseball. So that means he's, he's not beating out little hits, little grounders into hits. He's clearly not stealing bases and he's not taking extra bases when he's on the path base pass as well. So he's not adding value in that aspect, but the most the biggest bummer here with him as a Marlin has been the defense because he was by reputation and by as best as we can analyze it, he was the gold standard for defense at the catcher position when he last played for the pirates. He was especially blocking balls that blocking and receiving was his forte as Statcast quantifies it. 22 blocks above average during the 2021 season. 
And that adds up when you make those kind of plays. Saving your pitchers of wild pitches. And very famously, you didn't commit a single pass ball during that entire year. So making the routine stuff every single time, that adds up to a lot of value. He was a positive pitch framer as well. Now, now Stallings is a typically tall catcher, and that has historically made him, you would think that would make it a big challenge for him to frame pitches near the bottom of the zone, right? Because at the bottom of most of these hitters' strike zones, their knees are even lower than his knees. He has to really get down there, and he has to really reach he for somebody that has these long limbs especially if a pitch isn't at the location that he was expecting it to be that's a tough test to do and somehow he was doing it at an above average level when he was with the pirates his previous team in 2021 and what we've seen with the marlins in his catcher framing runs it was bad last year and it's been just as bad this year he's not getting those low strike borderline pitches to go his way nearly as often as he was Previously, he's still doing okay on the sides of the plate, but he's also not doing particularly well at the top of the zone either. And that, that's something that's kind of hard to wrap your mind around considering the height advantage that he has on those particular pitches. So he's not, he's not in the, the blocking. We, we saw it early on. His pass ball streak came to an end. And also with, with wild pitches, and those are up can based on where they were and where you'd expect them to be for Jacob Stallings. The most, um, I guess the the place where he is furthest removed from even being a decent catcher is controlling the running game. So he was kind of neutral in that aspect before the trade. And then since then, he's been a pretty clear negative in catching runners, trying to steal deterring runners from trying to steal in the first place. And that, and that's a, that aspect is pretty big on its own, right? From your pitcher's perspective, if they are, if, if the hitter, if the runners on base for those pitchers are constantly taking these big leads and forcing you to use those now this year that they're counting those disengagements from the mound, if you feel like you have to use more of those up than you ordinarily would, it takes guys out of their rhythm and it takes away their attention from where it's supposed to be, which is on the batter. So there's all these um, ancillary consequences of not being able to throw runners out. Installing, he has below average arm strength. Um, the pop time is pretty decent in terms of how quickly he actually gets rid of the ball, but not getting enough juice on the throw and not accurate enough with those throws in order to get guys. During his year that the Marlins traded for him, he had a 29% caught stealing rate. That was cut in half in 2022 to 15%, and that continues to go down this year. Just 7% caught stealing for um, Jacob Stallings. So there's really, you don't, this doesn't, it's not, <laughs> they were sold this bill of goods by the Pirates for player in his early 30s, which is a potential danger zone um, for catchers. They tend to age quicker than others. But otherwise, this is just baffling is how Stallings has gotten worse. Almost every aspect of the game accumulating in this player that you simply would not see on a major league roster had he not had his history and reputation around him. This brings us to the alternative that the Marlins have at the catcher position Nick Fortes. Fortes 
thankfully has caught more of the innings than Stallings this year, but only by a tiny narrow margin. And we don't want to make big decisions about 47 games, a, a month and a half barely into the season. Um, it's a small sample. To put this into context, I feel it's important to like stretch out the sample, even doing a big favor to Stallings, going all the way back to that Pirates year in 2021 as well. Comparison between Stallings and Fortes. Touching on the hitting aspect of it again very quickly, where Fortes um, has more power, he has more home runs in less than half as many plate appearances, and he also strikes out at a lower clip. He doesn't walk quite as much, but certainly he is a better all-around hitter than Stallings is when you go back, including that pre-Marlins year for Stallings, dating back to 2021. By baseball reference, wins above replacement, they're essentially the same value. Again, with Stallings having twice as much playing time, even more than twice as much during that span, they've accumulated the same amount of value as overall players. Where Fortes really distinguishes himself from a lot of catchers is as a runner. He is an above-average runner by league averages, and certainly compared to the catcher position, that's even more true. He's stolen eight bases, whereas Stallings hasn't stolen a single one during that span. He has made, I think, even fewer outs on the bases than Stallings has. So those are decisions on balls and play that even that Stallings has tried to do a little bit too much with how little he actually has in that aspect. And probably the, the biggest disparity between them is that extra base is taken. This is a stat from baseball reference about going from first to third on singles, going from first to home on doubles, going from second to home on singles. You get the idea taking an extra base um, relative to what the actual hit would s suggest with Fortes, 61%. League average is in the low 40s. Fortes at 61. Stallings at 10%. Almost never does he take that extra base. Even when, I guess, the only times he's done it probably, I would assume, have been with two outs when he's able to actually run on contact. It's almost mind-boggling that any player could be at only 10% considering that those two-out situations almost guarantee that you can get an extra base on those plays. And even with the productive outs, um, I guess that's something that goes against both players. Fortes, far from perfect, as I'll get into in just a moment. And that's one area where Stallings is a little bit better in situational hitting and finding ways to move runners, even when he's not getting hits himself. And Fortes, a lot of struggles with productive outs as um, baseball reference tries to qualify so that's one of the deficiencies in his game. Um, during a particular, we know here in 2023, Fortes is off to a bad start on his own. That's why the Marlins as a whole are in this position where their catching spot has been sub-replacement level combining both of these guys. That's why they need to try something else with it. And to me, the obvious decision is to increase Fortes's playing time even more. He's been the better player going back over parts of three seasons and he does it in a variety of ways because he hits former power and he runs better and defensively he at least has a decent arm back there the accuracy on his arm kind of comes and goes and the velocity isn't anything special 
But I think you add it all together and the results speak for himself that he he's able to catch runners slightly more frequently than Stallings does. He's able to frame pitches better than Stallings does. That's what's been really baffling about Stallings is that he's continued to get worse as a pitch framer. Whereas Fortes, I think he's only improved from there. There were some questions, especially when he got called up originally about receiving and by most metrics, he's been above average at framing pitches and stealing strikes um, so far this year. Um, it most, his most recent shining moment was catching that four-pitcher shutout on Saturday against the Giants. Only the second shutout that the Marlins pitching staff has thrown during this entire season. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Marlins have to do something here, and it could help having Fortes playing more. I think we're deep enough. It's, the struggles have been extreme enough by Stallings and sensing that they could be at the end of the line anyway. He's not under contract beyond this year. He's arbitration eligible. They can cut the cord. No strings attached. After this year, without owing him any money, there's a case to be made that the Marlins could cut their losses at this point, given the sustained period of time in which he has not been a good baseball player. I pump the brakes on that just because the alternatives are um, not all that sexy for this Marlins team. Austin Allen, he's been the primary guy at AAA Jacksonville this season. He played a handful of games during spring training as a non-roster invitee. This is his first year in the Marlins organization for Austin Allen. He caught my attention in April because he had a slump where he went more than 40 at-bats without getting a hit. You can dunk on Stallings as much as you want, but he's never had anything close to that extended period of futility at the plate. What I had neglected to notice until just this past week is how he has turned his season somewhat around down there in AAA. He's he is, as I said, continuing to be the primary catcher down there. And that's because he hits tanks. He has six home runs in his last 11, 12 games. The last couple weeks, he has six homers, um, a couple no doubters in there, as well as some that should have been home runs and uh, just barely got taken away from him. So Austin Allen, we're going to dive into the stats right now on a uh, Mr. Austin Allen playing a triple a this year with stack cast hooked up at those ballparks. We weren't able to get a lot of the same detailed data about him as you would get at the major league level. Um, his batting average on balls in play is 
155 entering play on Sunday. That is one of the very lowest out of anybody in the minor leagues that's are playing steady playing time. You just gloss at his production and you see he has an 81 WRC plus. So that's that's pretty mediocre, especially for a guy that is repeating AAA for the fourth time in his professional career. But that BABIP in the 150s, there's just no way that reflects who you are as a hitter. Doing that over a substantial period of time, there is some bad luck holding him back on getting hits. His slash line um, overall gives him an OPS in the 700s. Um, hitter, it shows you how hitter-friendly a league it is, that that WRC Plus is only 81 despite OPSing over 700. But he does hit the ball hard, as you would understand due to all the home runs and average exit velo of 89.5 miles per hour. That's a little better than the major league average. The top end max exit velo. That's what gets me really intrigued about Allen maxing out at 114 this season. That is, that's the kind of number that you simply don't see from almost anybody except for Jorge Soler. Jorge Soler on the Marlins roster, Avi Garcia, when he's right, and that's about it. Everybody, for everybody else, that's almost unreachable, and yet he's able to create the type of power, a hard hit rate of 41%, another number that is significantly better than the big league average on him. So he hits the ball hard. He's not getting consistent results to prove it, and here's just one example of something that's keeping down Austin Allen's batting average so far this year. Two on, two out, the 0-1, and Allen swings, lifts it high in the air to left. Here it going back, drifting to the warning track, leaping at the wall. Oh, he brought it back. Oh, my goodness. Hit a ball that was over the wall in Jacksonville, robbed by the left fielder. Otherwise, he'd have even one additional tater on him. <laughs> Things had um, yeah, going his way in a small sample. But the batting ball quality is exciting, and he does it from the left side of the plate. I need to mention that because we're at a time with this Marlins roster. Aside from you want to point at things that are missing from this team in order for you to trust them to sustain their winning ways, what the, the big one is the lack of overall catcher production, specifically the lack of having any left-handed power threats on the active roster right now. There's Luis Arise and Joey Wendell and Xavier Edwards switch hits. For those, those guys, you can stack them on top of one another, and they're rarely going to hit a ball over the wall. That's a major deficiency with this team that really is going to hold them back in certain matchups. So Allen, he can hit for power, and he hits from the left side of the plate. But this is where we get into why I'm not overly excited about him. He is, he's not doing much against right-handed pitching, is the production is almost the same regardless of the handedness of the opposing pitcher. He's slashing 182, 276, 455 versus righties. You see the power in there with that slugging percentage. Overall, he's getting out the vast majority of the time in those matchups. Then there's the defense. The defense is always going to be a significant consideration for any catcher. And with him, He's he makes even Jacob Stallings look like he has a cannon because Allen has thrown out only two out of 39 would be base dealers in the minor leagues this year. 
this is after having a caught ceiling percentage in the of 20% the previous two years. So that's a little bit more respectable. But this year, not really particularly close um, to getting most guys. His arm strength is only a tick lower than Stallings and Fortes, but it's about the accuracy and it's about the really slow exchange. 2.11 second pop time this year which would be dead last among qualified major league catchers. So that shows that he takes more time than anybody to get rid of the ball. And once he does, those throws generally are not good enough. Now, the other aspect with him, the reason why it takes him a while to get rid of the ball is because he is a knee down catcher. This is something that's become a lot more prevalent across baseball, though not particularly with the Marlins, at least at the major league level. Um, so that was, that's a key difference between him stylistically and Stallings. Is that he puts the knee down, and the intent is to put you in a better position to frame pitches because you are more balanced, and you're able to do that, but it's sacrificing you as a thrower because it takes more time for you to get that knee up and unleash a throw. And what I've seen of Allen, I really like his framing i think that is big league caliber framing and he would be an upgrade above stallings in that regard so it's about the trade-off and it's not really that difficult to, to have this conversation because again with stallings he's not he's barely catching anybody stealing in the first place and if there's a chance that allen could steal more strikes for his pitchers because of his technique receiving the ball then um that'd be a net positive defensively in addition to being a clear net positive offensively. It's impossible for it to be any worse at the plate than Stallings is. The thing with Allen is that he's had previous opportunities in the majors, and he has flopped in those opportunities. He played most recently for the Oakland A's in the majors. I'm trying to remember what the other team was. They gave Major League playing time, the Padres in 2019. And overall, a 540 OPS um, he, he was basically just as bad a hitter in his previous major league opportunities as Stallings has been as a Marlin the past couple of years. So there's, there's a clear concern about his hit tool in general. The power is there, but he's not getting hits in the minors. There's only so much blame that you could put on luck coming into that. He's somebody that may just be kind of easy to defend because of the way that he gets underneath the ball a little bit too much. So a lot of lazy fly outs in there and playing in a hitter friendly league right now and just still not getting very many hits to go along with it. Um, all things considered, uh, I think it's, it's, it's not, I'm sure there are other organizations that may have a, a worse AAA catching situation um, yeah, the, but this is not a guy that is forcing his way into the show. And he's not somebody that I would put particularly high expectations on. Um, he'd probably be an upgrade over Stallings, but we're still at a point where um, I, I don't think I think it's premature for the Marlins to pull the plug on that for a guy that even if things go well for Allen, he's probably not going to be a part of this organization's future um, beyond this year. For some preliminary trade targets, people love talking about trade targets, of course, that the Marlins could um, potentially go outside the organization because they're not going to call up Allen. 
And uh, Santiago Chavez, he's also at AAA. He is even less upside with the bat. And then at double-A, Will Banfield, still not get his hit tool is just as um I'm just as pessimistic about his hit tool as some of these other guys. He just hasn't shown shown it even against minor league competition. And Colt Hero, Paul McIntosh, unfortunately, he's out with an injury right now without any clear um timeline to return to competition. Um, so naturally you think about who could be available outside the organization. And for the Marlins, this whole idea behind this premise about minimizing Stallings' role is coming to terms with the fact that he, he won't be here beyond this current year and that they need to figure out which two catchers they actually want on their major league roster. And ideally, in a perfect world, you want to find those that catching tandem even before this year is over. So who could they acquire in midseason? Um, they're about to get an up-close look at Elias Diaz, the starter for the Rockies, uh, who might actually be a all-star candidate considering the alternatives on that Rockies team. He's having a good year offensively. He's having a great year defensively, particularly throwing out runners, more than half who have attempted against him this year. And he's somebody that's going to be worth looking into as we get closer to the deadline, because barring a really shocking surge, Rockies are going to be sellers, and Diaz only has one more year of club control beyond this year. But that being said, that also makes him somewhat of a lower priority for the Marlins, just because their long-term future at the catching position is really unsettled. They want to make a substantial trade. For Diaz, they might have to give up quite a bit, considering how well he's performing, and that his salary for next year I think it's in the six, seven million dollar range for a primary catcher. That'd be uh, quite a bargain. If they're going to give up quite a bit in a deal, uh, ideally it'd be somebody that they could see as a long-term piece um, for someone that's Diaz already into his thirties and with only that one year on his contract beyond this year. And there's a lot they have to think about before pulling the trigger on that. And besides him, there's Tyler Stevenson, Maybe the Reds consider shopping him just because they're a little farther away from contention. But taking a quick look at them, they, their lack of internal options makes me think that they'll try to hammer out an extension with Stevenson before openly shopping him. And elsewhere around the majors, it's really hard to find guys in that sweet spot where they have several years of club control and you're already confident they could be a starting caliber guy and you wouldn't have to give up a, a massive load of controllable prospect talent of which this Marlins organization, they just don't have a ton to spare due to injuries and some underperformances. So then you like move your gaze to the prospect side of it. And I circled Austin Wells of the Yankees and Diego Cartaya of the Dodgers, both those guys at double a. And it's again, that's not a perfect match because you'd want somebody that can get his feet wet in the majors this year. Ideally, um, and ones that you feel totally comfortable in defensively, which has been a, a major question for Austin Wells in particular, coming up through the minor league system, even though he's hit extremely well. Um, so the trade route is something that we have to revisit a little bit later in the year. And I think releasing Stallings outright would be 
a little bridge too far at this particular moment. That would seem like a panic move, um, just considering that the internal next man up is, is not somebody that I'd have dramatically higher expectations for. Um, the incremental move that the Marlins should be making right now is establishing Fortes as the number one guy. Because right now, that's not the case. It is hazy. They have been splitting playing time almost directly down the middle so far this season. And that just is no longer, to me, a acceptable way to approach this because of how doubtful it is that Stallings regains his old form after an extended period of struggles and also just acknowledging the contract situation that they're not going to be paying him several million dollars to keep him around for 2024. The incremental step is just realizing that he's not part of their future and they need to start getting some clarity about what they have, if they have anything at the catcher position. This is just as much to do with Fortes' struggles as Stallings because Fortes is somebody, there was so much excitement about him at this time one year ago because of how extremely well he was sitting at the major league level. Even with this home run on Sunday, he is, he's been really terrible as a hitter this year. And it was hard to see that coming. It that's, it was such a big step down from where he was even late in 2022. He needs all the reps that he could possibly get in order for the Marlins to find out what they have in him and to give him the best shot to, to show what he has as a hitter. He's somebody that, although he's relatively well-rounded as a defensive catcher at this stage, um, He's not somebody that you really want to build around unless the bat gets closer to where it was in early 2022. So he should be the main guy. And in particular, he should catch Sandy. He should be Sandy Alcantara's catcher pretty consistently moving forward. That would be a shock to the system because Stallings has caught every single pitch that Sandy has thrown over the last two seasons. We thought there was some sort of magic touch that Stallings had, some great connection that those two had. Now you take the overview of it, combining Sandy's Saigon 22 with his mediocre 2023, and his ERA when he pitches to Jacob Stallings is 2.84. His ERA for his career in the major leagues is 3.25. That's less than half a run difference i don't think that's statistically significant i don't think there's any magic there and for that reason they should not be afraid to simply put the better player on the field i think that fortes should be catching almost four times out of every five for this marlins team i like stallings specifically receiving edward cabrera because cabrera for as wild as he is he's somebody that um, he's not particularly easy to run against and he is relatively easy to receive because of how much he relies on his changeup and how he's changed the use of his, of his breaking balls where he now kind of uses his curveball to steal strikes more than he does to get chases in the dirt. He's somebody that uh, I think is relatively straightforward to catch him and either he's going to throw strikes or he's not going to throw strikes. He's, um, but so far this year, he had his couple wildest games of the entire season throwing to Fortes. Things have been a little bit better ever since then with Stallings exclusively catching him. 
So I think that could continue. And other than that, I'd like Fortes to be in there basically every day, except for certain day game after night game situations. So this is how I have it laid out. Next 12 games, the way that I have it mocked up, you have Stallings catching Edward on Monday, and then I'd have Fortes in there for Yuri, for Sandy, that Thursday matinee, getaway day, day game after night game. I could see you going either way, especially with Coors Field. It can wear you down physically. It might be hard to do three in a row for Fortes in that particular spot. So maybe give it to Stallings. From there, Fortes catches Lazardo. Stallings back up again to catch Edward. And then it's Fortes, 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 with Edward coming back only when Eddie is back on the mounds again. All things considered, I want that playing time split. Instead of being 50-50, I think it should be 70-30, Fortes should be the main guy in the way that really, there aren't a ton of teams in Major League Baseball that have a, a defined main guy right? that. A lot of them, it's become increasingly popular to split things up, um, more of an even timeshare. But that no longer makes sense for this Marlins team because of how precious these opportunities are for Fortes to show them what they have because of ideally, um, because of potentially the the scenario where they find themselves in the trade market for a catcher this summer. So you want to have as much of a sample as possible between now and then from Fortes, ideally with the team winning and ideally with him hitting at the level that he did early last year. I think if the overall offensive stats for Fortes are at least somewhere in the ballpark of where they were for his 2022 season. So just to illustrate that for you guys, Last year, slashed 230, 304, 392. And then so far this year, he's including today, he is at, what, hitting 211 and still slugging below 300 on the year to this point. So that slugging, you'd want to get up about 100 points and that on base to get up a little bit as well. As long as he's, you know, somewhere in the ballpark of his 2022 form by the time we get to the all-star break. Um, that'd be extremely reassuring. I just don't see any potential reason at this point to be pandering to Stallings, to be treating him as somebody that he isn't anymore. He is in the twilight of his Marlins career and, uh, the Marlins should, um, accept that move forward and just make the best out of what they have right now for this team. So this went a, lo a lot longer than I expected it would. I hope it didn't bore you a little too much with it. You can find me at Real Eli on Twitter, E-L-Y, as well as Manning the Fish Stripes account and the Fish on First account. We have one for that as well. That's where you can find all the audio that we produce here on the podcast feed, Fish on First. And we have a special playlist of that here on the Fish Stripes YouTube Channel, this is Fortes's position. This should be Fortes's position moving forward. Um, that I see that with a lot of clarity for this team. Need to do something, right? Need to do something to keep these winning ways going. Um, yeah, right now it's it's a it's kind of it's wacky. There's this catching struggles. There's um need to try something else here. And I think this is a pretty clear cut, potentially a little overdue adjustment for the Marlins. This, 
make Fortes their main guy to give him the opportunity to catch Sandy as well as most of these other pitchers in this rotation. So I'm curious if you guys feel the same way about it. A whole lot going on in games every single day um, upcoming during this marathon road trip for this Marlins team. So a lot of coverage, and we appreciate you following along with what we do here covering the Marlins at Fish Stripes. I've been Eli Sussman. Go fish. Go fish.